Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Welcome to the Rising Stars Show. I'm Miriam Knight, and I will be introducing you each show to two or three authors who you may not have heard about yet, but each of them will offer intriguing information and inspiration, perhaps adding a piece or two to the puzzle of who we really are and all we can become. Our first guest today is Franny Rose. Franny is a spiritual teacher, inspirational speaker, and co-founder of the nonprofit organization One Simple Voice. Now, at the age of 32, her career as a speech and language pathologist was derailed when she came down with an unknown illness that left her bedridden for 17 years. She was struggling to function as a mother and a wife, and she ultimately was forced to make a sobering choice. She was looking at two paths, commit suicide or surrender to a God that she believed had abandoned her. Remarkably, she chose the path of surrender, and that led Franny not only to a diagnosis and treatment, but also to a whole new life. The events Franny describes in her new book, The Invitation, Uncovering God's Longing to be Heard, took her on a spiritual path of enlightenment and discovery that she now shares with others in her teachings, writings, and workshops. Through her nonprofit, Franny actually teaches clergy and laypersons from many walks of faith how to hear God's voice. Such an important and intriguing topic. So I want to welcome Franny, welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. My goodness, I can't imagine being bedridden for 17 years. I'm not surprised that you came to a point of desperation. Why did you actually, in the end, choose to listen to God rather than suicide? You know, in my heart, I really didn't want to die. Um, I just didn't want to live the way that I had been living. Mm -hmm. And living in a way so that the highlight of my day was watching the curtains at certain times of day when the light would hit them and they'd be more beautiful, Um, watching them sway in the breeze, etc., Um, My life had become all about things like that instead of becoming about things that I heard outside my window, the children laughing, um, moms, you know, helping their kids and and playing soccer with their kids. And I was lying there in bed. And so I had that choice to make. And I really didn't want to die. I wanted to be like that. I wanted to live. I wanted to live better. And so I did what I thought at that time was my only and my last option, and that was to surrender to God. Let go and let God, yes. And what happened to actually bring you out of the bed? Well, you know, it's funny. My mind had been so busy while I was in bed trying to get me out of bed that when I finally gave up, and I gave up, meaning I gave it up to God, which is what we do when we give up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of weeks later, I heard from a doctor that I had been wanting to see for a long time who had this very long waiting list. And it was time and, and I could be seen. And that doctor led me to another doctor who led me to the doctor I have now, who diagnosed me with a rare disease um, called systemic mastocytosis. Um, when I got that news, there was good news and bad news. The good news was that there was um, a treatment. The bad news was that there was no cure. Mm-hmm. So I began the treatment and... Sooner, sooner rather than later, I got up out of bed and I began to walk. And I, and I, and I remember from your book that you took long walks in nature. Do you think that that was an important element? It was. Um, you know, my mind had pretty much emptied out. When I was in bed, my mind was filled with ways to get out of bed and things I should try, and what I needed to do, and was I trying hard enough, and was I seeing the right people, and what could I do to, to get out of there? Yeah. Um, when I finally walked, I had no, no longer those things in my head anymore, and I was walking as empty space, pretty much, um, walking into empty space. And when you do that, beautiful things begin to happen. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this, that you have to quiet your mind before, and and your spirit, I guess, before you can actually um, hear the divine trying to connect with you. What was the form that it took with you, Franny? It came in in a voice. Um, I walked and walked, and I felt so much gratitude, Miriam. I had never felt gratitude like that before. Um, here I had wished and given it up to God and God had granted me what felt like my wish to get out of bed. And I would stood on a bridge overlooking, um, a lake by the mountains. And every day I would stand there and I'd say, I'm so grateful to you, God. I'm so grateful to you, God. Um, what can I do for you? And Every day I would stand there and I would see the beauty of that lake. And one day I heard an answer and it was in words. What do you wish for, Franny Rose? Wow. Um, You went through the questioning, the self-questioning that many people report. You know, am I going crazy? Am I really hearing voices? How did you get over that? Well, Eventually, I went to see a psychiatrist because I thought at the end of my illness that perhaps I was going to have to deal with some fallout from the illness. Perhaps I was having um, a psychological problem. And the psychiatrist told me, he, he asked me, what was the voice saying to me? And I told him only beautiful things. And as I talked to him, he told me, well, it sounds like you're having a divine experience. Good and- for him. Yes. <laughs> At that moment, I stopped questioning myself because I knew my life was changing and I knew there was such joy and I knew that I didn't want to let go of, of what this voice was. I'm really, I'm really very impressed with the psychiatrist because the medical establishment is very quick to run to pathology and to prescribe drugs. 
And for him to point out that you were possibly having a divine experience makes him kind of a partner with you in that experience, encouraging you to it. This psychiatrist happened to have been a neighbor of mine um, before I became ill. So he knew me through my illness Uh because he would, he would see me from time to time sitting outside my front lawn. And, um, as I would, you know, sit out there and watch the children sometimes. Um, and, um, he knew what I had experienced. So I felt as though I was going to somebody who was kind of aware of who I was before and who I was during. So having, acknowledged this voice as a genuine communication from from source or spirit, what did you uh, think that you needed to do? Did, did it ask you to do something in particular? Well, it did eventually ask me to, to do something. It asked me what I wish for, and I couldn't think of what I wish for, except that perhaps maybe I wished to help create peace in the world. So I said to God, who was this voice, um, um, that's what I wish to do. I wish to help you create peace in the world. And each day I would walk and I would hear him talking to me. And as he spoke to me, he would teach me things, things that I didn't know before. I would go home and he and I would open a book that he told me to open and there was some of what he was teaching me especially in in the um in the Bible. And so eventually um he said to me teach them to hear me. And I had no idea what that meant because I didn't have a support system when I became ill. I had just moved into my town where I live now, um, my family was far away. And so there was no them to teach. Mm-hmm. And I knew in my heart that however this was to unfold, I would have to have more information. It would have to come to me in some way or form for me to be able to do this. And so I waited and it did. Wow. And what practical things did you do? What practical steps did you do? Because I know you have a a nonprofit. Did that come then or later on? It took a while. Um, In the beginning, um, what happened is a man came to my house and this man came to fix my thermostat. And that man happened to be on the board of directors of a church where I would sit in the garden, which was right down the block from me. And that church needed a teacher. And when I spoke to him about what I was learning from God, he said, why don't you teach them how to hear God's voice? Oh. The board approved this, and I went to that church, and I began to teach classes on how to hear God's voice. Now, I was never a teacher before, so I didn't even know how to teach. But it just came naturally to me to be able to do this. Um, That man led me to be able to begin teaching. And then there was a woman who um, my husband had met at work um, that God had asked me to go see. And I went to see her um, to ask her if she had ever heard God's voice because I was trying to meet somebody who had. And she was a nun. And she said, no, she hadn't ever heard God's voice. 
And immediately what jumped out of my heart was, would you like me to teach you? Oh, my. Well, we're going to delve into that more deeply uh, after the break. I'm speaking with Franny Rose. She is the author of The Invitation, Uncovering God's Longing to be Heard. We'll be right back after these messages. Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio, your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Have you bought into the idea that you have to work hard for your money, that business is hard? I will share some dynamic access consciousness tools to get you out of your own way so you can create a business that actually succeeds. Join me, Simone Millicers, on The Joy of Business at 4 p.m. Mondays Eastern. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Om Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Om Times endeavor. Host your show with Om Times Radio Network. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Looking for inspiration? Want to be inspired? Not sure where to go. Find Mark and Kim every Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Inspired Living. Topics will elevate consciousness and range from metaphysics to the human and social experience and all things spiritual. Welcome to an inspired community that offers support, encouragement, and new ways of thinking. You are are the the inspired and the inspiration. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. And we're back speaking with Franny Rose, author of The Invitation. Franny, just before the break, you were telling us the most extraordinary thing, that a nun came to you to ask you how to speak to God. Uh, kind of... of um, really impresses you with how wonderful and how rare this experience is and how blessed you were to have had it. Tell me how you go about teaching people how to connect. Well, um, we begin on a program, really, um, of journaling every single morning. Um, We begin our day with this journaling program in that we sit in front of a nice, um, beautiful window or outside, if, if at all possible, um, in nature, and we begin to empty the mind. Um, we empty the mind by actually listing everything that's on the mind so that it's written down on paper and the mind can let go of it. 
And after we list things that are on our mind, we feel rather emptier than we did when we began. And we begin to stay in the present moment um, where God is because God is not in the future and God is not in the past. We can't, we can't commune with God in the, in the future or the past. We have to commune with God now. And so we get into the present moment. We become aware of everything that's around us. Um, we focus on the beauty and um, we begin to ask a question. And usually that question is for people who are just starting God or, or um, source or um, whatever you call, you know, the one, um, are you there? And we, we write down the question and we write down the answer that we hear. The first thing that comes into our minds so this is really a form of just getting in touch with your inner voice, your intuition, if you will. You know, it's. I feel it's a little bit um, more directive than um, I would have thought my intuition would be um, because it, it asks me to do things that are things that I never really thought I would ever do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of your litmus test when you when you get answers that would never have occurred to you, answers that you can actually verify by going to your library and looking them up in a book. That right. must really have given you a lot of confidence. Um, it actually floored me a little bit. Um, the power of it, you know, the, that that it had such power as to. Um, show me to read certain things that I had never read before. What were some of the more, uh, or give us an example of, of a fascinating experience that you had as a result of hearing this voice? A fascinating experience that I had after hearing the voice. Or perhaps an experience that someone else had as a result of your teaching them. Um, one of the things that happens to me is I happen to love the blue heron. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful bird, and it doesn't come very often to my lake. And I would be walking and um, asking God, can I see the blue heron today? And the day that I did that, he flew over my head and landed right by my feet. Mm-hmm. When I saw that, I just knew those are things that just never happen. Um they just don't happen. Or we would, we would say that they were coincidence. We would kind of blow them off as, as being something that, um, you know, we wouldn't really think about. And yet it's, it's a flooring thing. It's a thing that you just, you can't even imagine the power, um, of, of the wish and, and what God gives you. It must be really awesome. You mentioned earlier that you connected with a nun. I understand that you're now not only working with nuns, but priests and even bishops of the Catholic Church. Um, how do you find the, the relationship and what, what are the questions that they are trying to answer for themselves? You know, early on in my walking with God, he said to me, they speak of me, but do not know me. They speak at me without the space 
within their hearts to listen. And I asked him who he was speaking of, and he told me he was speaking of the clergy um, in the Catholic Church and also other clergy in other churches. And he said to me that they speak to the people, but they don't have the experience of him in their hearts. And so what I found in working with the priests, the nuns, um, some pastors and ministers, is that that is true, um, that Life has become so busy and there is so many people to serve and, and so much to do that their own personal experiences with God are not ignored but aren't given the attention that, that they would so wish for them to have. And so one of the things that we do when I begin with somebody like this is to, um, is to create space within their lives for God to grow. Do you think you would have made this connection eventually if you hadn't had this experience of 17 years of bedridden sol- relative solitude? That is a really good question. Um, in my heart, I know that God would have found me somewhere because it was destined to be. Um, but in my mind, I would say that I probably would have kept myself very busy um, like I had, I was before I became ill, um, until something happened to make me stop. Mm. Yes, the universe has many ways of getting our attention, some sure kinder does. than others. Yes, yes. When I look back as a young child, I realized that I had many spiritual experiences. But would I have had the space to look back and realize that if I had been so busy? I don't know. That's really interesting because a lot of children are so wide open and then society and civilization conspires to shut them down. Exactly. As children, um, we are wide open and then society conditions us to shut down and to stop listening to our hearts and to listen to our minds instead. And when we are in our minds and thinking, God is elusive to us. We can't, we can't communicate with God while we're thinking. We can only communicate with God when we are within our hearts. And you cannot really experience your heart and be thinking at the same time. That's really very interesting because when we sit down to meditate or we tend to um, have really busy minds, what they call the monkey mind, and it really is a challenge to quiet it down. So you're saying going into the heart, you're talking about feeling? Yes. The the feelings, um, what I call the seeds of the spirit, um, the feelings of goodness, love, kindness, compassion, gratitude, generosity, hope, peace, joy. Those feelings are the ones that we go into. Um, the other feelings, the ones of hate or or rejection, or anger, or hurt, or feelings of the ego. Um, those are those are mostly mind based. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your foundation. It's called One Simple Voice. What right. do you do there? We teach people how to hear God's voice. Um, we work with um, many students on an individual basis for free to. Um, teach them how to 
um, hear God. And, at, and anybody who does begin to hear God, their life begins to change and transform into something that becomes beautiful and what they always wished it to be. Um, we also do offer retreats in Colorado Springs, and we do five retreats a year. Our next retreat is on September 26th, and it's on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating that you had a career as a speech and language pathologist, and now your new career is also using communication, but communication to the divine. It's not fascinating. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I, I was teaching people how to speak, and now I am teaching them how to listen. Do you know that that's interesting? I'm reminded of um, Don Miguel Ruiz's uh, book with his son called The Fifth Agreement. Yes. Which talks about um, listening, mm-hmm. uh, be, being skeptical, but listening, listening deeply. That's something that we so often forget to do. We're so busy trying to be seen, be heard, that we forget to listen. The greatest gift we can give another human being is to sit in front of them, give them eye contact, and give them the emptiness that we have inside ourselves, the space in which to listen. And in which to be a mirror to them, to, to, see the, to, to make them know that they are seen and heard. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> yes, that would, that's a wonderful gift indeed. So... Do you see yourself developing anything new at this point? Well, I'm continuing to work with the priests in the Catholic Church. um, And I myself am working on my own personal journey. I continue to walk through the greenery every day, um, continue to listen. um, For half my days and half my days, I spend working with others, helping them to listen. Um, I don't have any goals. Um, I don't have any dreams. I'm going where the Spirit leads me to go with this. And so far, it's led me to um, beautiful places. And um, I'm watching the people blossom before my very eyes. Tell us what the websites are that are connected with uh, both your work and your organization. My Personal website is frannyrose.com, F-R-A-N-N-I-E, rose, R-O-S-E.com. And my um, organization is onesimplevoice.org. Onesimplevoice.org. Franny, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your amazing story. Thank you, Miriam. We've been speaking with Franny Rose, author of The Invitation, I hope you'll stay with us when we'll be back after these messages with our next guest. I'm Miriam Knight. Glad you're listening. Your conscious connection to a more mindful world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. What if living didn't have to be so serious? What if you could move beyond your problems with greater confidence and ease than you've ever imagined? Throw your labels out the window 
and join the irreverent therapist for practical tips and a very different way of approaching the changes you would like to create. Marilyn Bradford and Pam Hodling have empowered hundreds of people to come out of self-judgment, quit looking to experts, and begin to create the lives they desire. Join us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Irreverent Therapist Show. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single OM Times endeavor. Host your show with OM Times Radio Network. What if business could be fun? What if business is the adventure of living? What are you choosing? Where do you do business that makes it easier, more fun, or more joyful for you? We'd love to see where you do business. Connect with us on Instagram at Joy of Business or Twitter at Joy of Business and share your pictures with hashtags BusinessDoneWare and Joy of Business. Let's change the world with business. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. The best of the holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. are back. I'm Miriam Knight, and our next guest is Carolyn Gervais. Carolyn is a certified spiritual psychologist and clinical hypnotherapist. She has a master's degree in holistic nutrition and also had a 25-year career as a professional singer. From the time she was a little girl, Carolyn has been haunted with questions about why she was here on Earth and why God created humans. With more than 35 years of study and experience in the field of metaphysical spirituality, she has integrated and expanded her personal views in her new book, I Dreamed I Was Human, Awakening from the Illusion. Carolyn hosts a podcast also called I Dreamed I Was Human, and she has written and spoken extensively on TV, radio, and webcasts. Carolyn, welcome. Thank you, Miriam. That's quite a fascinating book title you have, I Dreamed <laughs> I Was Human, Awakening from the Illusion. Tell us about it. Well, I came up with that name years ago when I was uh, taking a writing course and I had to write a story uh, for that course and uh, I named it I Dreamed I Was Human. It was just for the course though it was never published and uh, the reason why I used that name is because years ago I you know I've I've studied um dreams and uh, lucid dreams and uh, all kinds of topics that led me to believe that really this earthly existence is also a dream. Um, We go to sleep at night and we have a dream and while we're in that dream, while we're asleep experiencing that dream, we, we think it's real. I mean, to us, it's reality and then we wake up 
in our bodies and think, oh, no, that was just a dream. Well, I began to realize, well, it's like when we go to sleep, we're waking up from the dream of human life. And when we wake up in our human body, we're, we're waking up from that other reality where we dream this certain dream. So to me, it's all a dream. Uh, wherever we are focused, that is reality at that time. That's a rather interesting take. Mm-hmm. So is the other reality more fluid than this one? Well, if you look at it through what we remember with our dreams, yes. And the reason why uh, it is that way is because when we have a dream and we wake up in our bodies and we're trying to remember that dream, we're trying to put pictures and uh, words to something that is very elusive. Uh, something that really in that realm of existence doesn't always have words, exact words to put to it because it, it is changing so much and so rapidly. So, uh, that's why so would you say we get that it confused. Would you say that the, this other reality or, mm-hmm. uh, is, has continuity? Is it like a parallel life? I would say it is like a parallel life, but it's like there's this uh, fuzziness in between these different realities, like when we wake up from a dream. And so our human mind has to try to grab onto that and put words and pictures to it so we can remember it, so we can retain it and maybe see what it was telling us. So you say our human mind is adding words and pictures. Are you implying that the um, experience of the the alternative dream state Mm -hmm. is more feeling, more, uh, I don't know, um, visceral or... Well, it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to, to find the right words. It is. It is. And that's what I'm saying. It's kind of hard for us coming out of that reality for us to really pinpoint exactly uh, what we experienced there. But I have had many dreams when I was asleep and I, rem- I remember it so vividly. And those are the ones that I really call alternate realities because you can remember everything that happened and it, 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 it seems like you, you lived it, like you really lived it in, with this body as well because it's so vivid. So maybe the, the dream state is a way of trying out different scenarios and seeing what feels good without really investing in the trials and tribulations of our earthly life. Well, I think that dreams do that. They give us messages and help us deal with some of our earthly issues and uh, maybe help us figure them out while we're sleeping because that's what the mind does while we're asleep. The subconscious and the astral body and all that are all trying to uh, help us uh, understand something that's going on in our life, no matter how confusing that might be when we wake up. 
So dreams serve many purposes. Dreams serve for us to see maybe even past what we call past lives, but what I call incarnations, because there really isn't any time outside this realm of existence. Uh, but dreams help us in so many ways. They are showing us past lives, alternate realities, which to me, they are the same thing. And they are showing us, helping us to work out problems that we have in in our human world and they are also just spitting out things that have happened to us during the day that you know uh had an effect on us so that we can get rid of or deal with the feelings from from the the day the day before we went to sleep what for you has been the biggest benefit of arriving at this perception of reality uh, well, it shows me that nothing is, is cut and dried. Nothing is really what we think it is. Uh, it's completely elusive. It's our thoughts, our beliefs, our, um, our, uh, perceptions and our experiences. We've been taught to feel, we've been taught to think that everything around us is real. And so that's how we look at everything, like it's real. But I believe everything is a dream. We just are pretending that it's real because as we pretend that it's real, we can uh, work out uh, problems and relationships and take it seriously instead of saying, oh, well, it's just a dream anyway. Why even bother? Uh, because we learn we learn through our experiences. We learn who we are and what we are and why we are here. And as we get to the point in our evolution when we start questioning, well, what is this place? Why am I here? What is the purpose of this? Then we start tuning into these other uh, areas of existence that help us to understand the purpose of human life. And... The purpose is to experience in a form because this is what we have chosen. And by experiencing in this, this form, we have created a lot of um, unresolved things. Things that we have done innocently or in ignorance that have created um, consequences, let's say. And those consequences now have to be worked through in order to to be rid of them. Otherwise, we experience them over and over again until we figure out how to resolve them. And in doing that resolving, we have grown in awareness and expanded who we are in this world. Is that what people refer to as karma? Yes, that is what people refer to as karma. Now, karma, to me, the only thing karma is, is an emotional attachment that we have to something that we haven't let go of because it hasn't been healed or dealt with. And that's, so we come back to it. That's a very useful way of interpreting it. I like that. Mm -hmm. Say that again. 
Okay. Karma is an emotional attachment to something that we haven't resolved or dealt with. And so it pulls us back to that same kind of situation over and over again until we heal it and resolve it. And in that way, we expand from it. I like that because I, uh, sometimes people interpret karma as being, you know, kind of, uh, stay after school until you get it right or, you know, write mm-hmm. 100 times on the blackboard. I'm <laughs> not, whatever. And really it is just a part of our own personal evolution, our own personal growth as we experience the consequences of our actions. And try something different. Try something at a higher vibration to see what that does for us. Right. And that's why we experience over and over again until we find that one thing that will resolve it and heal it in us. And in that process, a piece of us, our mind has expanded. Everything about our life will expand from that resolution fascinating. Well, my goodness, I mean, we're talking about the deepest mysteries of life, which we're (laughs) not going to be able to cover in this little segment. So if anybody wants to follow up with you, Carolyn, Mm -hmm. uh, where would they find you on the web? Uh, You can go, they can go to awakeningyou.com. That's my personal website. And facebook.com forward slash I dreamed I was human, and they can uh, just uh, Google my name, and a bunch of stuff will come up. And they can find my articles in Sedona Journal of Emergence magazine. Uh, they publish a lot of my articles. In fact, I have one out right now uh, called um, "What Was this called? <laughs> uh, Are You Denying Yourself What You Need to Be Whole?" And it's about um, dealing with addictions, and we all are addicted to something. So it's. It, I had a very um, emotional, deep addiction years ago that I had to deal with, and that's in that that uh, article as well. And but it deals with all addiction. What addictions really are? Great to me. So so Carolyn, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, you did. Oh, so that's Carolyn Gervais, that's G-E-R-V-A-I-S, mm-hmm. author of I Dreamed I Was Human, Awakening right. from the Illusion. Thank you, Carolyn, for being Thank with you. us. Thank you. And please stay with us. We'll be back with one more guest. Connecting you with the best of the conscious minds in the world. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Do you want to be a better communicator? Do you want to better connect with the important people in your life? Do you want to enrich your relationships? If so, join me, Matthew Cooper, on the Positive Control System Show every Wednesday evening at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ohm Times Radio. I'll meet you there. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community.
Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Dr. Kevin here, and I want to invite you every Thursday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, to join me on The Dr. Kevin Show, where we have a diversity of guests who help you step outside the box, behind the curtain, and see what a load of crap is going on in the world today, so you have more information with which to make better decisions. We'll see you there. Namaste. Bringing a more conscious lifestyle to your world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. And we are back with our final guest of the day, Sunny Dawn Johnson. Sunny is an internationally renowned psychic medium, teacher, author, and motivational speaker. She grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, and after being a stay at home mom for 10 years, she began working full time as a psychic medium in 2000. Now, in December 2003, Sunny founded Sunlight Alliance LLC, a spiritual teaching and healing center in Glendale, Arizona. She's a popular media personality, and she volunteers her time as a psychic investigator for Find Me, a not-for-profit organization of psychic, investigative, and canine search and rescue volunteers, helping law enforcement and families of missing persons and homicide victims. She's the author of best-selling book, Invoking the Archangels, a nine-step process to heal your body, mind, and soul, as well as No Mistakes, Living Your Purpose, Find Me, and her soon-to-be-released book, the Love Never Ends, Messages from the Other Side. Welcome, Sunny. My goodness, you're a busy lady. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Now, why do you believe that the ability to connect with deceased loved ones is possible for everybody? You know, my experience has been doing this work, you know, really since the age of 13, that what matters is that you have a heart connection with the person. So although somebody may not be a medium for someone else's loved ones, if you have a heart connection with someone that has transitioned and is in spirit, you actually have the very best ability to connect with them because of that energetic connection between the two of you. That's fascinating. So how is it that you as a medium are able to connect with people with whom you have no energetic connection? Well, for me, so I, I believe everybody has the ability to, to um, everybody's intuitive. So everyone has that gift, but not everybody has the um, ability to connect with those in spirit that they don't know. You know, not everyone is a medium, although I do believe everyone has the ability to have those psychic tendencies. So for me, over the last 30 years of developing and training and learning how to um, interpret the messages from the spirit world has given me the opportunity to now be able to help others, not only me connect with their loved ones, but then teach them how to be able to connect with their loved ones as well. Did you feel that you had these gifts as a child? 
I did. You know, I started having experiences. The first experience I had was at the age of 13. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw my guardian angel. And shortly thereafter, I started seeing spirits around people, um, both angels and spirit guides, loved ones that have passed. And so I believe that those experiences were actually happening when I was even younger, but I don't have the conscious memory of it. Was there something traumatic or intense happening in your life at the time that precipitated it? You know, um, not specifically traumatic, but, you know, I, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I was one of those kids that was just always different. And I was, I always felt different. And what I realized later on was that I was always very sensitive. I was feeling the energy of not only the spirit world, but also physical people. And so what I recognized is that because I was so sensitive, I, I struggled being in the physical world and, and learning how to, you know, separate other people's energy from my own. And so I was having a lot of emotional challenges and trying to, you know, to fit in when I wasn't like everyone else. And so that was kind of really the, the catalyst that, that that particular day for, I, I don't know what the reason was that that day. I um, saw my guardian angel, but that then opened the door to realizing, oh my gosh, I have this entire support system around me that that I don't ever connect or communicate with. And what if I did? Mm. How might it help me? You know, how might I be able to get out of some of this pain that I'm in? And 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 because I would absorb people's physical pain, their emotional pain, and I didn't even know that's what I was doing. Aha, an empath. Yes. And a lot of people do that. And I would, so I, you know, I took the weight of the world on and then I felt like it was my responsibility to fix it. And until I recognized that um, there, there were tools that I could use and, and, and the angels really gave me a lot of that support and, and, and helped me to understand that. Uh, and, and then as I started opening up into the spirit world, it was a whole new challenge because the same thing was happening there. I would feel the way that they died and I would feel the experiences that they had in their body. And so it's just been a process of recognizing how to kind of hold my own energy so that I don't absorb the energy of others. And so many people are empathic and not recognizing that. Would you say that perhaps a lot of depression uh, is connected? Absolutely. That, that was what my struggle was. And actually, you know, the, the night that I, um, that I saw my guardian angel, my mother had come in, I'd gone to sleep about 11. My mom had come in at one o'clock or at 11 o'clock at night and done a, uh, said a prayer over me. And she asked God and the angels to surround me and protect me. And at one o'clock that morning is when I woke up and saw this, this beautiful winged being. And I felt this presence of, of nothing I'd ever felt in my life before. So what I learned that day was that the, I, I had awakened to the manifestation of her prayer. And the reason that she was in there is because I was depressed, because I, I felt so alone and disconnected to not only spirit, but because I didn't even recognize that I had that ability, but physical people, you know, I felt very separate from it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at this time, certainly judging from the books that I get flooding across my desk, there seems to be a real surge of awakening 
across the board. And I'm wondering if a lot of the depression, particularly among young people, because suicide is one of the biggest causes of death among young people. I'm wondering if that is connected with being super sensitive and taking on the weight of the world. You know, I I really do feel that. And I feel that it's so um, misunderstood. and, And at this time, uh, what's happening is a lot of people are, are prescribed, you know, medications and, and things like that and not given the, the tools that eventually helped me, which was, you know, meditation and learning to clear your energy and grounding yourself and, and calling in your angels and asking for that support and allowing yourself to receive it. And when, when you don't have those tools, you get very desperate because it's very, not only emotionally painful, but it's physically painful for some of us. Absolutely. My goodness. So um, is this something that you regularly teach to people on how to make this connection? I do. Yes. I I teach classes actually all over the country. I do them online, uh, helping people to, number one, connect with um, their angels, their guides, and their their deceased loved ones by, you know, getting, by learning how to, first of all, really maintain and hold their own energy. Because I find that, you know, the number one challenge for people is that they don't know what's theirs and what's everyone else's. And so it's learning how to be able to maintain your energy and recognize that you have your own energy field and you do not have to absorb the energy of other people, but we've been absorbers our whole life. And instead, We have to learn how to observe it, how to be a witness to it. And when we can do that, then we can tap into the different vibrations, the different realms in spirit as we hold our energy to really keep a higher vibration. And when you're in a higher vibration, it's much easier then to connect with those in the spirit world. Sunny, uh, before we go any further, tell us what your website is. It's my name. So it's Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, Don, D-A-W-N, John Sten with a T, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com. Great. You know, one of the, the biggest fears or the sort of ultimate sanction um, that keeps the populace in line is the fear of death. Yes. Um, how does getting over that fear change people's lives? Well, I I think that when we don't have a fear of death, we actually allow ourselves to be present in life. And because so often people put their attention in, I call it the fearful future. Um, And when they're in that fearful future, they're not present in the moment. When we're not present in the moment, we're not actually living in the now. We aren't experiencing to the to the fullness and the level that we can. And so when we can stay in present moment, and in this moment, I'm right here and I'm talking to you and I'm healthy and I'm strong and I'm happy and I've got a roof over my head. And when, when we can stay focused on presence, then we're not focused in a fear-based place. And I think that even for people that are sick, you know, that are walking that process or with people that are, that are sick, the more present you are in the moment and more appreciative of the moment that you have, the less energy is in what's to come. And death, in my experience, I've been with many people when they've transitioned. I've been a hospice volunteer for years and, and I just kind of, you know, I do death. That's what, that's why people come <laughs> to me usually. Um, it's one of the most sacred experiences I've ever had in my life. I mean, to, to the extent that 
um, sometimes I feel like the experience of death has been more sacred than the experience of birth of my children. Wow. I, I remember hearing Neil Donald Walsh say that death is the most exciting thing you'll ever do in your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if we could wrap our heads around that and truly believe that, then we would feel that we could really do and accomplish and be whatever it is we want here because we don't have something hanging over our heads, you know? Mm -hmm. So tell us again about your book. When is it coming out? Actually, it is out now. The Love Never Ends is out. It's available on Amazon and in um, Barnes and & Noble and on my website, uh, and it, it really is a, a kind of a how-to book, how to connect with your loved ones and how to walk through the grief process in a different way. Uh, so there's a lot of hands-on exercises and tools and then several different stories that I've, uh, um, that I use to, to give examples of how people can really access and, and create those connections with their loved ones. Well, it sounds like a wonderful book. Well, thank and, you. Uh, well done for, for, bringing that out. So, um, unfortunately, we're at the end of our show, and we've been speaking with Sunny Dawn Johnston. Her website, SunnyDawnJohnston.com. Thank you, Sunny. Thank you very much. And do join us next week. And in the meantime, visit our website, New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com. Thank you. Until then, I'm Miriam Knight. Many blessings. And shine brightly, dear friends. The world so needs your light. <laughs>